gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end.
And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, 
desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. This is the word of the Lord. He was indeed well respected in his community. He had a position of prominence and authority. St. Luke records that he was clothed in purple and fine linen, the attire of a man who had achieved a position of importance. He worked very hard for the things that he achieved. We shouldn't overlook this. Perhaps his business provided work for many in the community. Perhaps he also gave large sums of money to the community chest to help the poor and indigent of society. In any case, the rich man enjoyed the fruits of his labors. He ate well. He could afford the finer things of life. The language of the gospel is that he fared sumptuously every day. He earned it. Lazarus, on the other hand, was a beggar. He had nothing. He was the poorest of the poor. We don't know much about his circumstance. How had he lost his livelihood? Did Lazarus ever have the means to support himself, or was he always in this pathetic, impoverished position? Had he, perhaps, been an orphan, left homeless on the streets? Was he the victim of some other unfortunate circumstance, or had he simply been irresponsible? And this is what left him in the condition that we find him. Was his own foolishness the cause of his problems? We don't really know. Many might conclude, yes, that indeed was the case. All we know from the text is that he was too sick to work. He was destitute. Laid at the rich man's gate content to receive a few crumbs that would fall from the rich man's table. He was a pathetic image. And to add to it all, the dogs licked his sores. We know the fate of each of these men as St. Luke 16 unfolds. The rich man went to hell the beggar went to heaven. But I have to be honest with you, other than their ultimate fate, I would much rather 
have been the rich man. Wouldn't you? During the past few months, each of us has been given the opportunity to evaluate what are the most important things in our lives. When things are going well, and we are able to enjoy life, to work hard, we're in good health, we enjoy the fruits of our labors, it's really easy to confess Christ is the most important thing in my life, and I would suffer everything, even torture and persecution and death, rather than fall away from his precious gospel and sacraments. But when all of those things that we have worked so hard for are threatened, and when we come face to face with the reality of very real loss and perhaps suffering and death, our stalwart confession of faith in Christ may not be what we thought that it was. Martin Luther says in the large catechism under the first commandment, a God is whatever we look to most for our greatest good. And then he turns it around and tips it on its head and says a God is whatever would throw us into despair and a sense of hopelessness if we were to lose it. When you speak of it that way, it really stings. Sometimes it is good to have the idols of our lives threatened by adversity or sickness or hardship or loss of some kind. When things are going well, we can be lulled to a false sense of spiritual security such that we lose the one thing needful, Christ and his word. Let's be clear. There is no virtue in poverty. Riches do not condemn and poverty does not save. The difference between these two fellows was the faith of the heart. Faith in Christ saves a faith that flees from the things of this world, that renounces the hope of salvation in anything else, and that clings to Christ as Savior, who bore in his body our sins and who redeemed us with his blood. In the account of the rich man and Lazarus, there's so much to meditate upon. But one of those things is how the faith of a person's heart often dictates his actions. In the early verses of the parable, as we noted, there is nothing about the rich man that is particularly offensive. I mean, we have all seen people who are well-dressed, who have plenty of food to eat and to drink. As I said, I would have much rather had been him. But as the parable progresses, we see that he really did trust in his riches and the things that he accomplished, his position in life, his status, and these became his idol. And once they did, it turned him inward upon himself. Even if he had given large sums of money to the community chest, it would have been done for the praise and glory of men. 
He really had made a God out of his money and pleasures, as Father Abraham told him. In your life, you receive your good things. But what did this false faith produce? He became a man who only cared about himself and who despised those who had not achieved what he achieved. For this rich man, you can imagine him looking down on Lazarus, that sickly beggar. What a pathetic case. Certainly he must have been a horrible sinner to receive what he is receiving, unlike me. Look at how I have everything I want because I have earned it and I have worked for it. But he came, became a man who cared only about himself. Even from the grave, he tries to order Lazarus around. Faith in anything but Christ, as Savior of sinners, will inevitably degenerate into self-centeredness, selfishness, and pride. Why does faith in Christ save? Because it lays hold of him who let go of everything for us. Everything. St. Paul says, you know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. He is the Son of God. He is the creator of the universe. He holds all power and might and riches in his hands. But in his incarnation, in his suffering and death, in his abject humility, he sets it all aside for you and for me and for a world of sinners that want to oppress and dominate. He humbles himself and he becomes the poor beggar. The self-giving love of God that we spoke of on the Feast of the Holy Trinity, which is God's by nature, that causes the Father to give His Son and the Son to lay down His life in death without counting the cost to Himself. This self-giving love is in full display upon the cross of Christ. There He suffers and dies to save the world from self-centeredness and pride of idolatry. There on the cross... Jesus becomes the naked, sickly beggar. The only clothing he wears on the cross are the filthy garments of our own self-righteousness, works righteousness, and pride. The proud and the arrogant dogs of self-righteousness barked at him and licked his wounds with the taunt, if you're the Son of God, save yourself, then we'll believe you, as if saving yourself is the most important end. Had he come down from the cross, he would not have been our Savior. And this is why we love him. We who, by the grace of God in the testimony of the Scriptures, have been stripped of self-reliance and brought to repentance and faith in him, we love him because he became the beggar for us, naked for us, stripped and wounded for us, bleeding and dying for us. As St. John said, we love him because he first loved us. And it's only this faith that receives and lays hold of the love of God in Christ Jesus that can never turn outside of itself in compassion and mercy toward other sickly beggars 
who are just like us, no matter how they might look or how they might appear or what a mess they have made out of their lives. Why did Christ die for you? Luther asks that question in the Christian questions with their answers. And the first part of his answer is critically important. His great love for his Father. Before he loved us, he loved his Father. He trusted in his Father. He relied upon his Father even though the Father sent him into the world to let go of everything and to suffer the bitter death of the cross for us. Why did he die for you? His great love for his Father. And this is why he was enabled to love us. This is what caused Jesus to love us ahead of himself. His reliance upon his Father, especially in the face of suffering and death and the loss of everything, is what saves us from the self-righteousness and the idols of our own making. In Jesus, we see not only our Savior, but in Jesus, we also see what it is to be a Christian, a believer in Jesus, a follower of him who, without counting the cost, laid down his life for us. Whether we have much or little of the good gifts of creation, we are, as Luther said, on his deathbed and in a little slip of paper in his pocket. We are beggars, one and all, that's for sure. Beggars who trust in Christ, who is our righteousness, our life, and our salvation. Send Lazarus to my brothers to warn them so they don't come to this place of torment. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. No, but if one goes to them from the dead, then they will repent. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. The Holy Scriptures alone, the word of God through Moses and the prophets, are what bring us to repentance and faith. Thanks be to God, the testimony of God's word does this for us again and again and again to save us from our own idolatry. Apart from God's word, we cannot know our sin, nor can we know the depth of God's love in Christ for us. During these difficult times, the Holy Scriptures invite us, set your mind on things above, where Christ dwells, and not on earthly things. And in this time of great distress and difficulty, the Gospel teaches us to see every good gift that comes to us in this temporal world to be used in service to the neighbor. During these difficult times, God's word promises that the present sufferings of this life, no matter what they are, are not worthy to be compared with the glory 
that shall be revealed in us in the resurrection on the last day. For the beggar Lazarus, and for every beggarly Christian, to rest our head on Abraham's bosom is the ultimate comfort and lasting joy. Lord, let at last thine angels come. To Abram's bosom bear me home that I may die unfearing, and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Lord, we give thanks that in holy baptism we receive forgiveness of sin, deliverance from death and the devil, and eternal salvation. Bless Joshua Franklin, Jennifer Clark, Marcy Gall, Sharon Martin, Christine Miley, and Eric Greshner, this week of celebration of the anniversary of their baptism, that by your word and spirit they may faithfully keep the covenant into which they have been called, boldly confess their Savior, and finally share with all your saints the joys of eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. God, our Father in heaven, Look with mercy on us, your needy children on earth, and grant us grace that your holy name would be hallowed by us and all the world through the pure and true teaching of your word and the fervent love shown forth in our lives. Graciously turn from us all false doctrine and evil living, whereby your precious name is blasphemed and profaned. Lord, in your mercy. May your kingdom come to us and expand. Bring all transgressors and those who are blinded and bound in the devil's kingdom to know Jesus Christ, your Son, by faith, that the number of Christians may be increased. 
Lord, in your mercy. Strengthen us by your word and spirit, according to your will, both in life and in death, in the midst of both good and evil things, that our own wills may be crucified daily and sacrificed to your good and gracious will. Into your merciful hands we commend all who are in need, especially Jim Nietzsche, who fractured his pelvis, Roger Laubenstein in treatment for cancer, Jeremy LaFour and the members of his family as he battles ALS, David Ellistat suffering the aftermath of strokes, Walter Schmudlock suffering with an inoperable tumor, Pat Murphy with severe back pain, Katie Fisher and her unborn child in complications with pregnancy, David Berger undergoing brain surgery this week, and Kurt and Scheller and Lois Burge in hospice care. Praying for them at all times, thy will be done. Lord, in your mercy. Grant us our daily bread. Preserve us from greed and selfish cares. Deliver us from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. Preserve our nation and help us trust in you to provide for all our needs. Lord, in your mercy. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us, that our hearts may be at peace and may rejoice in a good conscience before you, and that no sin may ever frighten or alarm us. Lord, in your mercy. Lead us not into temptation, O Lord, but help us by your Spirit to subdue our flesh, to turn from the world and its ways, and to overcome the devil with all his wiles. Lord, in your mercy. Lastly, O Heavenly Father, deliver us from all evil of both body and soul, now and forever. Lord, in your mercy. We trust, O Lord, in your great mercy to hear and answer us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Father everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation, humbled himself by taking on the form of servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saving. Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. given for you. The body of Christ 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 given for you. Body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. given for you. The body of Christ 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 given for you. 
the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.